This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to a special Blood Red podcast in association with Footy 5, the new free-to-play score prediction game from the pools. Simply predict five correct match scores and you could win 25 grand. And even if you suffer a near miss and get four match scores correct, there is still up to £2,000 to be won. To play Footy 5, visit thepools.com. You need to be in the UK and over the age of 18 to play. Right, I said this was a special Blood Red podcast because we've gone behind enemy lines to get the inside track on this weekend's visitors to Anfield. None other than the defending Premier League champions and the team currently keeping Liverpool off the top of the table on goal difference, Manchester City. City have not won any of their last 17 visits to the Reds, a run which includes the memorable Premier League and Champions League matches between the sides at Anfield last season. Those 4-3 and 3-0 wins improve Jurgen Klopp's record against Pep Guardiola teams even further. So will it be a tale of more woe for City on Sunday? To try and answer that question, and many more besides, I, Paul Wheelock, got on the phone to Stuart Brennan, the long-term Manchester City correspondent for the Manchester Evening News newspaper. You will be able to hear our chat in full in a second. You will then hear from our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce after he went down to see Klopp at Melwood earlier today for the pre-match press conference. And this preview podcast will round off with audio from Guardiola's press conference, which also took place today. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi, Stuart. Thank you very much for joining me to look ahead to Liverpool versus Manchester City at Anfield this weekend. Uh, how are you? I'm fine, mate. I'm fine. Really looking forward to the game. Should be another belter. It certainly should. Uh, well, Liverpool's Champions League defeat at Napoli in midweek has, has been described as a bit of a reality check for the Reds. Uh, I suppose you could say City had one of their own a couple of weeks back in the same competition against Leon. But other than that, have, have City continued where they, they left off from last season? Uh, yes, it's, I mean, it's a very similar start. I mean, they, apart from that Leon defeat, which they didn't have last season, uh, certainly in the league, they, you know, they've got almost an identical record. Um, so, I mean, some people are saying that they think City are actually a little bit better, you know, they're a little bit smarter than the 12 months down the line in terms of what, they, what they're trying to do. Um, I'm not so sure about that. I, I think they're, uh, they, they pretty much carried on from where they left off. Um, they haven't really reinforced in the way Liverpool have done uh, in terms of the, the squad, apart from adding Mahrez, which seems a bit odd because, because he's a, uh, a record transfer, but um, he's not really, you know, he's not really sort of found his feet in the City squad as yet. Um, so it's, it's the same team playing the same way. Um, but, you know, just such a high standard that it's, it's no great problem if you stay at that same kind of level. Definitely not. You know, the, the teams know each other so well by now. The fans know each other and the strengths and weaknesses. But, you know, you mentioned there that some people are saying City are playing a higher level and that's with Kevin De Bruyne injured. Is there anyone who's emerged this season, this season as key players who maybe weren't so much last season? Yeah, I think the, the one, one offshoot of the fact that De Bruyne has been injured has been that Bernardo Silva has, has played uh, more central. Um, I thought he did well last season. He had a really slow start. Um, he came to the club late because he was playing for Portugal in the Confederation Cup. Uh, so he had trouble getting into the team at first. But as the season went on, he got more and more influential. He started scoring key goals, and he's, you know we started to see he's got an incredible touch. He's got a touch like you know as good as anyone I've ever seen. Um, but he was playing mainly out on the right. Which meant he was in competition with Sterling, who, was, who also had a great season. Um, so he didn't get a lot of opportunity to play in the middle. And we saw him do it in the World Cup for Portugal. Uh, and 
like he belonged in in the centre. And De Bruyne being injured means he's got more opportunities there already this season, and he's looked superb. Uh, when he when he was bought, people talked about him as a long term successor to David Silva, and that, that's quite a pair of boots to fill, really. You know, so I think for me, Silva's been consistently the best player in the Premier League for the last last eight years um, since he came here. Uh, so you know, to, to bring him in, to bring Bernardo in for forty three million, and sort of earmark him to replace David Silva eventually is a big ask, but I think we've we've finally seen now why that is. You know, I, I think he's he's looked superb. He's uh, he's touch, his balance, uh, his, his creativity. You know, he's seen passes um, and executing them. Um, he's for me, he's been the city's best player this season so far. You mentioned Raheem Sterling there. It's it's probably fair to say we've never seen his quality with City when he's come back to Anfield. But from the outside, it, it does seem like if he's maturing and improving as a player under Pep Guardiola. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Pep picks him. Um, he's, he's been reluctant to pick him, I think, <laughs> uh, because he never plays well at Anfield now. Whether that's because he lets the crowd get to him, or whether you know, the, I remember the first time he went back. Uh, I can't think of it. Was one of the Liverpool defenders. Gave him a clout early on in the game, which which you would expect him to do, and uh, he went very quiet after that. Um, but yeah, he, he does seem to be maturing a little bit um, now. Whether whether it could, that means he'll be able to cope mentally with with what Anfield will throw at him on on Sunday um, remains to be seen. But uh, you kind of think he's due one, you know, he's due a performance against Liverpool because uh, he's been pretty awful wherever he has played uh, for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, I guess that's the, he is quite you know Brenda. I remember we interviewed Brenda Rogers um, when City played at Celtic a couple of years ago, and Brenda Rogers talked about how strong he is mentally. Yeah. You know that he, he doesn't let anything affect him. Um, so you kind of think maybe maybe it is just coincidence that he's, he's sort of uh, not not played particularly well at Anfield, and, and whether Pep will see that and uh, give him another go because he has been in good form this season. Um, so, you know, but he's got options. As I say, he could play Bernardo there, he could play Riyad Mahrez there. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. But it is, it's like a little sideshow, isn't it? It's just another story, a little, little side story to the main event. Definitely. Uh, we've probably been, Liverpool fans have probably been looking at the MEM website and obviously the Echo one as well. And wondering here, does Guardiola have a bit of an issue for left back on Sunday? Because I know you've reported Delft's out, Mendy's a doubt. Uh, do you think he'll go with Zinchenko or, or with Laporte, who had a bit of a rough night, didn't he, at Anfield in the Champions League last season? He did. It's a real problem. Um, we don't know. I mean, I'll be heading off down to the City press conference in a while and we'll find out. Um, whether whether Mendy has got a chance or not, you know, if Guardiola is willing to tell us, um, he's been left out of the France squad, um, which instantly sets a few alarm bells ringing. But you know, the, the, it could well be the fact that he's he sort of thinks he can play this game and then give it another two weeks um, during the international break to get properly right. But if he doesn't play, it is really an issue because Guardiola's already ruled out, as you say, uh, Zinchenko has done fine in that position going forward but when he's on the back foot he doesn't look he's not a left back by any stretch of the imagination and, the, and I know Salah's not started the season particularly well but he's due a good game and the, and the prospect of him being pitted up against Zinchenko is one that, that City will not want to will not want to uh, even contemplate um, so yeah I mean the fact that Laporte played there uh, in midweek shows you that perhaps Guardiola is concerned about 
about that position. Um, but again, you know, he has played left back Laporte before uh, last season at Anfield, um, but he's not the quickest, and it's, it's not ideal for him to, to be in that in such a big game. But um, yeah, I mean that is City's only real um, problem, I think, going into the game. The rest of the, the rest of the team almost picks itself. It was a brilliant performance on the opening day of the season, Arsenal. I remember watching it at home on, on the box. But I played devil's advocate here a bit. Would you could you argue that was the, the best time to play Arsenal? And have City been tested yet? Is this probably their first real test of the season, would you say? Yeah, I think it was a good time to play Arsenal because they, they had the new guy coming in. Um, it, it is Arsenal after all. You know, you'd expect other teams to, to sort of go out and want to put on a show for the new manager, but Arsenal have sort of spent so long being flaky that they, uh, they almost need, needed to get out of that uh, that kind of that rut uh, and it's taken you know, Emery a, a while to get them out of that rut uh, so yeah it was I mean it, it was probably the easiest game I've ever seen City have at, at, at Arsenal uh, you know normally you go there and after, after I mean they'd be, last season they beat them 3-0 there but um they had to they had to really work for that and the goalkeeper had a great game whereas you know they didn't really have a lot to do to, to win the game and yeah you're right I mean since then I think they played the three promoted teams and the three teams that were promoted last season so it's been a, a, a fairly easy run and then bang you know straight into Liverpool Anfield it doesn't doesn't get any harder than that I don't think no, Anfield's a tricky ground. Though it's historically been a tricky ground for for City over the years. But I was reading this morning that Raphael Hogenstein, a Klopp's biographer, has said Klopp's teams are a kryptonite to Pep Guardiola's. Do you buy that, or do you think that's going over the top a bit? Yeah, I mean, he's got a good record. He's got a good record, hasn't he? It's just the way that, that Liverpool play. It's, you know, and, and the players have got are absolutely ideal to exploit City's weakness. Um, I mean, the City play out from the back. When they get it right, it's brilliant. Um, but the teams that press as high as Liverpool do um, and do it as well as Liverpool do give them problems. Um, and then the, the kind of pace that that front three has got. Um, it, it, it's, you know, if, if you had to design a team that was going to give City or any other Guardiola team a problem, um, it would be Liverpool. And then you, you factor in the you know, um, the difficulty of going to Anfield and the, the history of all that. Um, you wonder whether City have got a slight mental problem in terms of going to Anfield. You know, the fact it is the only Premier League ground that they've not won at since, since they were taken over 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you, you think they've been to Old Trafford, which has traditionally been tough for them. And they, they've won 6-1, they've won 3-0. Uh, they've, they've won, you know, probably three or four other games in that time as well. Um, they would have been at Chelsea and won four two and, and won other games as well. They've been they've, they've broken they had an Arsenal jinx that went back years, they've broken that one. Um, you know, they would it was won regularly at Tottenham. Uh, but Anfield is the only Premier League ground that they haven't won at since, since they were taken over and that tells you something. Um funnily enough the last time they won there was two thousand and three and uh, Nicholas and Elkin had gone. Yeah. And I, I, I was at the game I believe uh, Caspish uh, Michael had an absolute worldie in, in the in the city goal as well, so perhaps it might take something like that tomorrow for uh, to break that particular hoodoo. Do you think Guardiola will change his approach anyway at all, given what happened at Anfield in the in the two games between the teams last season? I don't think he will. I mean, Guardiola's response to any setback isn't right. Let's rip, rip up the plan and start again. It's always let's 
improve the plan, let's be better at what we do. Um, he's, ab- he's absolutely sold himself on, on the, I mean, people say this is what's holding City back in the Champions League. They, haven't, they don't really have a plan B. They just say we've got to get better at plan A. Um, I, I've had a little sort of news about whether he may just, you know, do something like bring John, his plate on stones in, in, a, in a holding midfield role. Uh, in a couple of recent games, I just wonder whether he might bring him in alongside Fernandinho and go a little bit more defensive. But he, if he does that, he just sort of goes against everything he believes yeah. in. Um, so I'd, I'd be I'd be surprised if he did. But you, you never know because he, he always says that you know he he never stops learning, he never stops thinking and trying to trying to find new ways of doing things. So you, you kind of think, well, you know, if that's the case, may, maybe he will sort of. Uh, think of something new like bringing Stones in and playing alongside Fernandinho you know he, he, he does try different things he, I mean he, he tried playing Underwin in a, in a sort of right right wing position at Anfield last season that was disastrous um, so he does try and innovate um, it's, it's whether you get that innovation right or not I suppose there's yeah. no getting away from it. There is a growing rivalry between these two clubs. Obviously, United were both clubs' main rivals for a number of years. But, you know, I don't think anyone would ever admit this, but there should be a, a certain level of respect between City and Liverpool. They're both going about the, the business properly, playing brilliant football along the way. You know, Klopp and Guardiola are even a bit kindred spirits, almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's what they hope for. You know, I think it, it, it's, got, it, it's got potential to be a great rivalry. And it's, it's brilliant for the Premier League because Liverpool are brilliant to watch. You know, uh, when, when you're doing this job, I, I don't watch a lot of football outside of watching City. Yeah. As you know, I'm not one of these who'll watch Bournemouth against Watford on the Monday night. <laughs> kind of but I will go out of my way to watch Liverpool because they're brilliant to watch. You know, someone's fantastic. I, lo- I love watching. I love watching football played played at pace, uh, and Liverpool do that superbly. And I'm really looking forward to the game. You know, I'm quite an old hack now. I'm, I'm well into my 50s. I've been doing this for a long time. You get a little bit cynical about football at times. But there are, some games come along and you still get that, that feeling in the pit of your stomach. I mean, I don't support either club. I'm not a Liverpool fan. I'm not a City fan. But I'm, I'm getting that excitement and that little nerves just about covering a game of that, of that, of that magnitude, you know. Um, and it, it, it's great. It's, it's great. And I, I just hope that uh, this time all the emphasis is on the football because the games last season was the 4-3 Anfield was fantastic I mean what a game of football that was uh, regardless of the result I, I just hope we see um, that level of uh, football played again um, you know it doesn't get an awful lot better I, I, I'm thinking back to the Liverpool 4 Newcastle 3 game yeah. uh, which everyone remembers from years ago which, which you know, at, at that time I didn't think I'd seen a better game of football um, it, Perhaps not quite that good, but I thought it was very, very close. And uh, two, two great, two different styles of football, but two brilliant styles of football. Uh, and then, you know, just down the road, we've got United, who, who are meant to sort of promote that brand of football, and they're suffering, and, and both sets of fans can come together and celebrate that, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. Just one final one, Stuart. With both teams unbeaten, a winner would go clear at the top going into uh, the international break, but it, it is still very early in the season. So all that said, how, how important do you see this game? Uh, I think it's important in terms of, probably more for Liverpool, in terms of if they win this game, it, it'll reinforce their belief that this is their season. You know, and They know what they've got to do. They've got to be more consistent. They're, 
now. If if they beat beat City, it'll be the same. But I just think it'll give them that little bit of belief. You know, the, the fact that they'll beat City again. You know, they, they won they won three out of four against them last season. Um, I just think it'll give them that little bit of a mental edge. I don't think it'll affect City a great deal because they know that the you know Liverpool have still got to come to City, where of course they lost five 0 last season. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it'll, it'll affect them greatly. But I, I think I think any any win in a big game gives you a little bit of a psychological boost. Uh, it's whether you can build on that and translate it into into uh, the games against the lesser teams. That's that's uh, that's where the, that's the key. Stuart, thanks very much for joining me, mate. Really appreciate your insight into City and the big game on Sunday, and uh, enjoy it. No, yeah, you too, mate. Cheers. The Blood Red Podcast, brought to you by Footy Five. Play today at thepools.com. Jurgen Klopp has called for a show of bravery from his Liverpool players in Sunday's top-of-the-table Premier League clash with Manchester City at Anfield. The Reds' boss in uh, bullish mood here at Melwood today. Um, confidently will get a positive reaction from his side after that miserable defeat to Napoli in the Champions League in Italy uh, in, on Wednesday night. Uh, the manager said he'd analysed that defeat. He said it actually wasn't as bad. He felt the performance... As, as, he, as certainly that uh, the disappointment on the night suggested, he, he said that you know Liverpool could have come away with something from it, but was left to bemoan poor decision making. He said that he felt that Liverpool didn't show enough composure when they were under pressure, and the, the disappointment for him was that after having started poorly, that they weren't able to get themselves out of that rut, and of course that gave encouragement to uh, Carlo Ancelotti's side. Um, positive news on Naby Keita, Klopp confirming that it was just simply a back spasm which um, led to the Guinean midfielder being taken to hospital over in Italy. He flew back on a private plane a few couple of hours after the team uh, on uh, Friday afternoon. Keita will be here uh, today and Klopp said he'll be assessed by the club medical staff before they make a decision on when he'll be able to return to training. Klopp said still a chance he could be involved against Guardiola's side on the weekend, which would be uh, some recovery. Can you consider the, uh, the, the amount of concern that surrounded him being uh, led away on that golf cart after just 19 minutes of that, uh, that match over in Italy? So um, Klopp asked about his fantastic record against Guardiola. You know, no manager has beaten Guardiola more often than Klopp. I think it's seven times in, in 14 meetings and when you think of quite often in those games the odds have been stacked against Klopp um, he's found a way to, to beat them of course Liverpool beat City the uh, on three occasions last season that fantastic 4-3 thriller in the Premier League that inflicted City's first defeat and those two magnificent Champions League games you know of course the the key to those matches was the intensity and tempo that Liverpool played at the way their pressing game forced City to to cough up the possession and make a lot of mistakes and then Liverpool's devastating pace and incision on the counter-attack we haven't quite seen you know that that fluency from Liverpool so far this season but Klopp confident that it is only just around the corner he insisted that um, that it's not a case of him uh, knowing exactly how to beat City he he was full of respect for Guardiola's side said it's going to take a huge amount of hard work he said Liverpool had to fight so hard for those wins against City last season and said that they will need the same again at Anfield on on Sunday so for for Liverpool they've got a couple of days training now They've, uh, they've obviously licked their wounds after that defeat over in Italy and now it's about getting back on track. Klopp not, not interested in making excuses about fatigue. I think this is Liverpool's seventh game in the, the space of 23 days. It's been a, a gruelling run 
but uh, the Liverpool manager is just keen to focus minds and ensure that he uh, that Liverpool come out swinging at, uh, at Anfield on Sunday afternoon and go into this international break on a glorious high. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Uh, first of all, can you bring us up to date with the injury situation, please? Uh, <coughs> everybody's okay. Delph is not uh, available. And uh, the others are, are okay. Gundogan? Okay. Ah, Gundogan, yeah. Gundogan is a little bit problems. I don't know if you'll get it. Always, yeah, he could not train today. We'll see tomorrow. And we saw that uh, Kevin De Bruyne was back in training. Is he yeah. coming along well? Is this game too early for him? Uh, he, he, he made a part of the training session today as well, yeah. So he's, he is in the squad? He's training with us, yeah. <laughs> OK, um, obviously after the, the three games uh, defeated against Liverpool last season, how much confidence do you have that, that you and also the players have, have learned from those three games going into this one now? Well, every game is completely different. The competition were completely different. So in the first game, we had uh, 10, 15 minutes bad. And Emilio was 4-1 in Anfield. In the Champions League, the first game, we make a... And people don't believe me, but we make a good, good performance, except the period the 3-0 to the end of the first half when we were knocked out. The rest of the game, we were outstanding. And the situations would happen. Many, many things that game in the second half, we show an incredible... A credible performance because you know this is play 45 minutes in Champions League, 3-0 down, in the way we played and after, there are situations we cannot control. In the game at home, we make a really good game as well. In the first half, when uh, we scored the second goal, we were not conceded for the reasons I know, and um, and after with after 1-1, of course we were down and we could not, but we know. So Liverpool, it doesn't matter, we lost three games, so we win three games, remains a top squad, top team, top side. Especially since Jurgen uh, took over the team, especially the last period, is a team like, uh, like had a lot of weapons, you know, to, to attack you in a positional game, in a counter-attack, in set pieces. And they are a master in, uh, in take, take, take advantage of your mistakes in terms of the second balls and the ball is not clear and after that when they regain this kind of balls they are so good making a con real attack and the people, the, the three guys in front, they connect really well between them and, and they, they, that's the top side so it's the last guys from the, for the Champions League final and, and, and it's a good contender. So because of that, were you surprised to see Liverpool not have a shot on goal against Napoli and get uh, beaten in the Champions League the other night? But you are surprised because uh, you don't know what happened in Europe. So the people believe because we are here in England, that Europe is another situation and you go to Napoli, Napoli is an incredible team, an incredible team. Like they play so good, a good manager. And they play outstanding, and when you play away, it's completely different here in the Premier League. Completely different. The level is higher. The the opponents, the way they play, the personality, the the courage, the all the situations they need to to be a top top team in Europe. Most of them, all of them, they have it, and that's why it happened. So of course, Liverpool tried to do their game, but I, I give more credit. What Napoli uh, had done, and the, the 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 situation from from I don't think Liverpool play bad, 
the same movement offensively defensively they tried to do it so in that terms it's not 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 a, a surprise I'm a surprise the fact that Napoli plays so good so well what would you say to the people who say Jurgen Klopp and his side have worked out Manchester City and have worked out how to beat them good congratulations they are right but so we won the Premier League so but do you, do they are at top side even if uh, we win. So the way they play, so Liverpool beat us, but beat a lot of teams, not just not just Man City. So team Liverpool is one of the greatest in England. Is one of the two greatest teams in the, in England, and that's why we try to be close to them in terms of many many things, and we are closer. So it's a it's a top side, and they win. Is learn of that and. Try to be closer every time. But no, nobody else. I mean, you won the title by so many points last year and beat so many teams last year. Nobody else found a way of beating you. Well, we, we won. We won at home. We lose there in the knockout competition. Champions League is completely different. So also we lose against Monaco in Champions League. So and against Shakhtar at home. So I'm not feeling beatable. Not even last season. So everybody can beat us when one team is better and play good and they beat us, accept it. It's part of the of the game, it's just to learn because Anfield is special, because they are a good a good manager and good players and that can happen is how we approach that game and how we are like a team. When you look at the, the three forwards at Liverpool who, who are kind of present a, a, a unique threat the way that they play and obviously they have caused your team problems before do you think as a coach you have worked out in your head how how to stop them and if you have worked it out is the problem maybe with the players not being able to carry out the instructions that you give them in order to stop them it's a very long question I hope you understand it always I thought this kind of players a big big challenge the best way to to avoid to that is uh, when they have to run behind us so the, the the big difference when I said in the Champions, for example, is not about the duels you won against the opponent. It's, it's how many times you lose the balls. In Europe, the people doesn't lose the balls. That is the big difference when you compare the national leagues and that when you go to in Europe. And uh, sometimes we talk about the duels. The football is part of so important of this kind of situation. In Anfield, is fundamental. But uh, these kind of guys, when they are more in touch with the ball, they have more chance close in the 18 yard box, they are so dangerous because they are so good. And, uh, and, and they connect between them and really well. Firmino drop a little bit. Mane Salah, they are guys who love running behind. When it was Marco Royce, Obemayan, Lewandowski was before in, 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 in Dortmund. So they, they do it really well. So in the same way, always I believe, and that is the way I, I feel my my game, is try to to attack better, to have a lot of, you know, the ball, to of course be protect when you lose the ball because they are so dangerous. But try to play. So I never understood going in the bigger stages like that and try to just defend or just to wait what's going to happen. Of course, you're going to defend. So I'm not expect what happened in Napoli when they shoot one shooting target that is not going to happen in Anfield and Anfield always they are going to shoot and target but you have to minimize that in the always way you can defend always I believe so we have to defend when they are better and you have to defend but not in the mental and the approach so we are going to defend what's happened first because it's boring the second one because 
we didn't build the team in that way. We didn't build to, you know, to propose, to be active, to be ourselves. And always when I won in that teams in these kind of games, like it happened many, many times, and we, we did it many, many times in in the biggest stages here in the Premier League, even in, in, in Europe, is be ourselves in terms of personality. So when after, when that's happening, we lose again, congratulations, Jurgen and his side, and improve. But uh, I don't want to... I will try to convince my players to be ourselves, even in Anfield. So sometimes maybe it will not be possible. That's why when I said in the Champions League, when you see the game, the first two goals is the first two times to cross the half time, the half side. So we score two goals. When that's happened, what, what can do? And and you know, and a mistake for the pass to Leroy, the pass to to, to pass to to Salai's offside. And after it was one, two, three action, two mistakes, the score a goal. The second one shoot from the, his house from Chamberlain, the score an amazing goal. So what, what can do with that? Nothing. But how we react in the second half of the 3-0, can finish five, can finish six. They score five to Roma. And when we play the second half, when a legal goal was not conceded, a penalty Sterling for Robertson was not conceded, for many of these kind of circumstances. So, but we were. That is what I won on my team. And after. When that's happened and, 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 and Liverpool is better, believe me, I'm a sport guy and I accept this kind of situation. First, because they are good. And even we are City and we are a good team and we, we can do many good things, the other are good too as well. So, and that's why I accept this kind of situation. But I would like to be ourselves in the best way, I think, to finish. Well, your question is to try to, you know, to be ourselves and to concede as less possible a touch. I think Mane Salah and Firmino would like to have been in touch with the ball and attack and attack and attack. But they are strikers. To minimize that, is try to attack more and, and try to be with the ball as good as possible. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.